This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Hi, I'm Hanif Baharuddin and you're listening to Night School, the show that explores ideas and themes in the social sciences and the humanities. I'm joined by Simon Soon and our guests of the week, Azura Nasrun, Assistant Manager of Record Media and Huda Ramli, founder of Journal Sang Pemula. And today we're going to be talking about... Right? But before that, hello. Welcome, guys. Hey. Hi. 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 Thanks for coming over. Uh, well, maybe let's begin by introducing what to our listeners, what mm-hmm. the journal is about, right? Tell us a bit more about it. So, uh, basically, Journal Sang Pemula, I mean, started off as a reading group. Okay. So, most of us are activists. So, the idea came in uh, to do a reading group uh, when we met Dr. Azhar Ibrahim, a lecturer from NUS. He is in Malay Studies Department. Mm. So, uh, he talked about activism must be filled with uh, intellectualism. So, so what were you reading? I'm curious. Huh? What were you reading then? Oh, yeah. We are reading a lot on uh, Nusantara discourse. Mm. So, um, last meeting we did, uh, we talked about what? Yeah, it's, it's like we're talking about, uh, we start from talking about elites the definition of elites, and then going on what is the definition of intellectuals, mm-hmm. and then and universities. And it means we're going to the core of the roots of the problems itself. Right. Yeah, like if you want to really help the system out or something, you really have to understand these kind of things. Mm. Yeah. So who yeah. are some of the scholars that you have read I mean, on this issue? Uh, I um, usually we read Syed Hussein Alata's work. Okay. And uh, since Dr. Azhar also was one of his students. Mm. And we also uh, sat with uh, Dr. Faizal Musa or Faisal Tehrani. And um, actually we are not just, I mean, reading about uh, or discussing about intellectualism per se in Nusantara, but we are also uh, talking about such as uh, poverty. We are talking about, for example the literature and how literature is being used as um, the enlightenment for uh, the society. So mm-hmm. there's one session that we did with Dr. Azhar. We just read three cherpen mm-hmm. or short stories. Short stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was Indonesian. Uh, oh, we have Afandi Salih. Afandi Salih. Yeah. yeah. Um, Angin Dari Gunung. Yeah. That particular short stories talk about how a teacher who was being, tra- I mean, who was transferred to a rural area and then they become a uh, small bourgeois of the, in oh, the kampung yeah. lah. Right, and then started what, oppressing yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Not like, the kampung It's folks. not like uh, we have like specific books on reading. Some, some mm-hmm. people use like to read every pages of books mm-hmm. and then try to discuss it. But we don't have specific books. We uh, discuss on specific theme, like, like mm-hmm. just what I'm saying, like elites and things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so on the short stories, we were going to find where are the themes in the stories itself. Mm-hmm. So, we believe that literature has shown us these kind of things, mm-hmm. yeah. Even in short stories, which people usually say is is just a short stories, right? Mm. Yeah. So it's the one that Huda was saying, yeah, we can actually found so many, like capitalism themes in what right. our literature is uh, trying to say yeah. to us and since before. Yeah. There is also a short story um, named "Robohnya Serau Kami," uh-huh. which actually talk about the unfunction uh, imam. Okay. I mean, he just took care of the surau, but he never bothered about the poverty of the people in his uh, in his area. Uh-huh. So, 
that uh, short that, stories even that critics the religious elite yeah, yeah. yeah. religious elites it's interesting like uh, yeah. so many of the texts that you're reading has such yeah. a strong social justice yeah. dimension yeah. to it yeah. but what I'm also sort of curious about is how it's also framed within a Nusantara mm, kind of mm, like mm, discourse mm. right and yeah. you mentioned also just now that yeah. you're reading Indonesian short stories mm-hmm. um, what is this relationship to this larger Nusantara discourse within Sang Pemula I think mm-hmm. the title itself is also telling of something <laughs> you, you know it's uh, I think Pramodia sort of mm-hmm. uh, Anatato is sort of mm-hmm. uh, fifth uh, well it's, it's sort of like non-fiction book that follows mm-hmm. from his Buru Quartet right do, do you want to sort of like talk about <laughs> if there is any linkages or am I just sort of like dreaming things up <laughs> or making things up um, actually I'm the one who come up with the name Sang Pemula okay. but, but during that time I don't even know that Pram wrote Sang Pemula yeah. okay yeah um but the idea of bringing Sampamula is, I think, because there is none. Um, maybe there is, but it's very little. Like people who's trying to write uh, progressive humanist ideas in mm. Malay, especially, uh, we only have all the conservative ideas in Malay. Yeah, mm. so that's why we put Sampamula. Yeah, yeah. We're studying, the one who started things. Yeah, so, yeah. Okay, like With, the pioneers. Yeah, okay. so, yeah. Cool. And we can see that in this era. I mean, like after the GE fourteen, we can see there's of a high rise in on the conservative right ideas, right? Mm-hmm. So this really uh, like proves that the Sang Pemula thing, yeah, because this is where we start. It actually has been started before, even by Said Hussein itself, but some people stop uh, social science ideas, right? Mm. So social it was just... stopped by few other ideas. So mm-hmm. this is why the comeback of the social science ideas and everything, yeah. Mm, okay. So it's why it's Sang Pemula. Mm. Yeah, so uh, it started out as a reading group. Um, how did you guys then decide to formalize it into a, like a blog? Okay, so it's like this. Since we are doing our meeting and also um, reading group, doing the reading like uh, two weeks a time, every two weeks. So what happened is that we think that uh, whatever we have learned, whatever we have read, it must be written I mean, it must be written. Recorded yeah, it's not just recorded. Yeah. Or we must write, mm. uh, not just I mean, come to discourse and then listen, and then after that you go back, you forget. So some sort of um, our own contribution to the intellectual activism world, rather than we just learn, but we don't contribute to the society. So this is our way actually. Mm. So what we do is that we make it compulsory for everyone to write, and we have our schedule, but. Since most of us are new writers, mm-hmm. me myself, as yeah, well as Azura, most of us are activists. We have been moving for years, yeah. but none of us write things. Mm. Oh. Yeah, I mean, you know, you can't really fight the system if it is not recorded. Right, yeah, this right. is the thing. Yeah. So Dr. Azura has been pushing us. Please write. Please write. Please write. Okay. So like, why do we write? Mm. So it's actually it's part of our activities that we um i mean oblige ourselves to write and we have our schedule but since we are new writers we are quite flexible with our schedule mm-hmm. right now if you can see um the facebook page is quite sign up for few for yes. for few days or few weeks this few weeks because we are trying to finish our uh, manuscript for okay. our new books lah. Okay. Um, Are you publishing a new book? Yeah, for yeah. the PBAKL mm. in this coming March. Yeah. Oh, great. What's mm. the book about? So it's um, basically... Nusantara Bergerak, I think. Yeah, Nusantara, okay. uh, yeah. Nusantara Bergerak. Yeah. So basically, we talk about many... I, I mean, the topics are diverse. Uh, we don't put one theme for each person. No, everyone can write uh, regardless their theme is and uh, for me for myself uh, my niche is uh, religion mm. so I will uh, I write on religion 
Azura talk about um, political science, political like science, science yeah. mm. capitalism, things like that. Yeah. Is Dr. Azhar Ibrahim still actively involved in, in, in yeah. journalism? Yeah, he's movement? actually yeah. watching us so much. So right. he's coming here every two weeks, from <laughs> all the way from every, Singapore. Every, yeah, every okay. month actually he's, oh, yeah, he's coming to see us. Um, oh. So we are going to meet again for the sixth time, I think. Uh-huh. Uh, next no, it's more than sixth time. <laughs> no, for, for the group reading session. Um, I think for sixth time, for um, what we call uh, this uh, February. Okay. okay. Yeah. Oh. Oh. I mean, what's interesting to me is the sort of like link that you have with an earlier moment in Indonesian mm. history, right? Mm-mm. Which is also not yoked to a very nationalist sort of like frame of mind. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. way before sort of like uh, Sukarno, for example, you have like, you know, the Sarekat Islam Mm-mm. and the whole sort of like, you know, the publication of Dunia Bergera and the whole idea of, you know, that's a Zaman Bergera and that that kind of like energy or sort of like, you know, wanting social change mm-hmm. as a period of exploration of mm-hmm. different ways mm-hmm. you can sort of like affect social change, right? Does that sort of like history, you know, is that history sort of like carried forward into uh, the kinds of like things that you do, the way you sort of like think about, you know, this particular critical juncture in sort of Malaysia history? Because on the one hand, you, you did sort of like suggest you are also sort of like speaking against a very sort of like maybe conservative nationalist mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, way of seeing the world. And I thought what's interesting that choosing the title Sang Pemula Mm-mm. itself Mm-mm. and also the fact that you're connecting it to that history of this Zaman Bergerak Mm-mm. is Mm-mm. in some ways sort of like offering a different way of thinking about politics. Okay, I just give you an example uh, how we look at our Malay history mm. where the right uh, wing conservatives are um, romanticizing our histories and uh, for example if we talk about if they talk about the Malay people they would definitely say that we were I mean we were victorious. Uh, we had a very victorious era before but now like we are not I mean we are nobody. Our language has gone not gone. I mean, not as good as English, for example, right? Mm. So uh, this kind of idea where Malay were victorious, uh, Malay was so glorious, um, actually, we are trying to get them to see at the other side of history. Okay. Yeah, um, plus, just want to add up, like, uh, most progressive people right now, most elite ones, when they're trying to writing or doing, they took most of the Western's ideas. Yeah, mm. but you can't put that in Malaysia because most of people will not understand this kind of thing. So can you explain that a bit more? Uh, uh, what, do you, what do you mean by the... Uh, Western ideas. Yeah, Western ideas. Mm. Uh, okay. Usually when we talk about um, liberal or progressive ideas, mm. we always refer to ideas of uh, Western scholars. Okay. Uh, we use jargons, we use words that our community do not recognize. Mm-hmm. So somehow um, the discourse has been... Yeah, but it, see, it become elitist in that way. Yeah, but mm. and plus, some more we is okay. Let me talk. Maybe, maybe it's part of my yeah. I think, uh, like lesbian and gays and yeah. People might think that it come from westerns, but in Nusantara maybe we have chalalai, chalabai, bisu things. Yeah. Okay. But this is under Nusantara ideas, right? Okay. Yeah. It is written in the literature and everything, uh-huh. but people doesn't want to look at this way. Mm. When we bring in the idea, people will be like, oh. This is a pengaro liberal and stuff, yeah. yeah, yeah so in true. many ways, you're also very interested in recovering or also rediscovering a lot of the concepts mm, in this yeah. part of the world yeah. that we have forgotten, right? Or yeah. conveniently forgotten mm. because we tend to sort of like subscribe uh, to, you know, very narrow way of sort mm-hmm. of like understanding, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, human society. Yeah, that's true. Right, okay. 
Yeah, because pe- people always say like progressive humanist, liberal, always from westerns. But actually, our ancestors have been liberal. Like, if you're taking all the literatures, yeah, yeah, our ancestors yeah. are the most progressive one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and even if you look at the uh, old classic Malay texts, for example, the Tajus Salatin, it's actually a book advising how the sultans should behave, right. how the sultans should, um, I mean, lead the people. <laughs> so the examples are already there. So this kind of which is actually uh, from a Persian text, yeah. right? right? Yeah. Um, Crown of Kings, uh, yeah. which really sort of is a, mo- a guide for what good kingship or yeah. just kingship yeah. is. Yeah, just kingship is yeah. right. So um, we have these. Um, I mean, so many good things, progressive ideas in our Malay, in our Nusantara um, literature. Mm-hmm. So I think the thing that we want to do is that we want to tell people, progressive is not necessarily have to be Western. Mm-hmm. So that's why if you read our um, articles, even though yet yeah, if if you see this, um, if you see the writings, right, some sort like we are educated in sort of sophisticated way, but basically is um, something that we is is something that we always think about, and normally uh, is our observation. So that's why if you can see it doesn't. I mean, go really far from what our community always observe. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not so that. So when you are, in some ways, bringing back like you know, uh, all these perhaps more local kind of like mm. concepts mm. into our sort of like everyday sort of intellectual discussion. Yes, yes. Do you find that you know uh, the participants of your conversation actually feel like they could actually relate to those concepts a lot more than? I don't know if you were to bring in uh, <laughs> deconstruction or post, uh, post-structuralism and uh-huh. stuff like that. Uh-huh. I, I don't know. Uh, well, what's your sense? Of first kind? of all, uh, our content, uh, since we are activists and we actually do not like to use jargons and big words, but um, that's where our originality comes from. Okay. Uh, means that we talk about things that we are concerned of. Um, we don't talk about ideas per se but we talk about uh, what we think and what we observe. Mm-hmm. So that's why uh, if you see our writings, it's quite simple and not hard to digest, uh, even by the uh, layman. Mm-hmm. That's why when people read uh, our articles and writings, they find it easy to relate to. Mm. So I think that's the reason why um, it's, it's, it's something palatable to them okay. and they can accept it very well. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, sounds good. Uh, let's take a break first. You're listening to Night School with me, Hanif Baharuddin and Simon Soon. And this week, we're joined by Azra Nasrun, Assistant Manager of Record Media and Huda Ramli, founder of Journal Sang Pemula. Stay tuned, BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9, you're tuning in to Night School with me, Hanif Baruddin. I'm joined by Simon Soon and our guest, Azura Nasrun, Assistant Manager of Record Media and Huda Ramli, founder of Journal Sang Pemula. Okay, so we've been talking a lot about um, how you guys approach things, uh, but uh, let's just reverse a bit and get Azura to explain a bit uh, what is Record Media and w- how is it different from Journal Sang Pemula. Okay, um, if you listen carefully on what Huda was saying just now, Huda was saying something about recorded, like why we write because you want things recorded. Mm. Same goes to record media. Like, there's many things that uh, it's not being out there, right? So, that's why we, we put the name record. That's the first uh, thing why we put name record. And then, uh, second thing is that we try to find a different approach on going to people, like, not just writing, because we understand that right now people are not reading so much, maybe, because people don't have time, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then that's why we make short videos and everything. Okay. And the difference is that some people will might say, then what's the difference between Record Media and ML Studio? But I think it's it's very different because 
record media trying trying to bring something a progressive humanist ideas like like we don't bring all ideas like Emma Studio might bring we don't need feminism but in this kind of things that doesn't go in sorry what is MR studio um, malu malu studio oh okay yeah. okay all right yeah. yes i think there's so many media right now and they're bringing everything right yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but i think MR studio uh, is trying to deliver content yeah. all across the board right so yeah. it's everything uh, under the sun yeah, yeah. yeah literally you can find fashion you can find yeah. Yeah. relationship yeah, advice yeah information yeah. and yeah. we are not bringing information that much we're bringing more like ideas mm. yeah But that's a problem when that platform is neutral and open for everybody. You are easily uh, misinforming people about what's true or what not. Mm-hmm. So that's why uh, from our side, if we believe in the progressive humanist idea, we cannot let, I mean, the opposite ideas came in. So, but I, I don't say that, I mean, MLS to do 100% wrong. No, because yeah. that's, I mean, they have different business model, but like, this is just a question of some yeah. people usually ask, like, yeah. "What's the difference?" Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, one very sort of like I, what I find admirable about your sort of uh, initiatives uh, that your commitment to the use of the Malay language uh, on both sort of platforms, mm-hmm. and it's reminded me very much of a 1980s sort of like movement in the Philippines called mm-hmm. Pantayong Pananao that mm-hmm. was started by a professor of history there called Zul Salazar, where in this approach that he was sort of like formulating on how one approaches history mm-hmm. or how one approaches sort of like intellectual discourse within mm-hmm. Filipino society, mm-hmm. you have to speak in a language that, you know, your everyday people sort yeah. of like understand mm-hmm. and, and actually communicate in mm-hmm. rather than say in English, for yeah, example. That's true. Uh, so how, what, 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 what are your views on this sort of like issue? Is that also where your sort of like commitment and your resolve is sort of like coming from mm-hmm. uh, have you thought sort of like more extensively about the kind of like politics of language that mm-hmm. structures so yeah. much of our intellectual discourse yeah. right in Malaysia yeah it's true uh, talking about politics of language um, definitely we basically prefer to speak in Malay mm-hmm. even our group uh, reading group itself we never conducted in uh, in English mm. we do it in Malay Mainly because number one, the discourse in English is, I mean, already progressed so much and developed so well. But the problem is that when we talk about progressive, why Malay are not progressive enough? Mm-hmm. It's because the progressive ideas is not being translated into Malay language, and not just that. Do you think that the Malay community or Malay people are not progressive enough? Um. This is where the the right wing conservatives really appeal to them. Okay. Um. So. The importance of us being there to bring uh, with the alternative narratives uh, in the Malay language. Mm. This is what we are offering to them. Okay. Uh, because what I can see is that there's a trend. We always blame the Malay people do not want to learn English. For example, um, not reading English book. The problem is that we should translate the discourse into the Malay language. Mm. Because if you try to uh, blame the society for not being able to grasp the language of knowledge then that's a problem of elitism. Mm. And we are against that. And it's our responsibilities to come to the society with progressive content and then we use our language that we talk every day and then with the language that people can relate well to. Mm-hmm. So this is uh, why we um, see it is important to talk uh, in Malay. The problem is that when we talk about progressive ideas, it's always in English, Um We have this tendency of blaming the community that cannot speak our language. Mm. Yeah, and I can see that trend is quite, you know, it's it's very bad. 
when people say oh because people don't talk, uh, do not know English and what not kan so that's why we we do in Malay because and another thing is that uh, there's a what um, I think it's also irony if you're talking about Nusantara in yeah of English. course and also since we are blaming the uh, Malay are so uh, prone to uh, be influenced by the right wing conservative narratives it's, be- it's because the progressive ideas are not being um, I mean uh, written much in Malay mm-hmm. so what I'm also hearing here is actually something quite interesting it's mm-hmm. not so much that you know there is a right or wrong language to yeah, sort of like, yeah. you know, talk about intellectual mm. sort of matters. Mm. But actually, the more urgent sort of like project is actually sort of making sure that translation actually sort of like happens across different languages, yeah, right? that's true. And that, that the whole process of translation is something that we often take for granted yep. in Malaysia. Yep, we don't do true. a lot of translation. Yeah, it's yeah. true. Uh, you know, you go to any other sort of like country in the world, they put in a lot of money and a lot of resources yeah, into true. translating. Yeah, we just yep. assume that we know every single language, but we know every single language badly. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Even yeah. in Indonesia as well. Yeah. 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 Um, oh yeah, just wanted to tell you guys that GSP wants... We did like a uh, 10 days program to Indonesia. So we bring uh, people from Malaysia, Singapore, Indonesia. We make like moving from one groups and two groups to universities uh, to spread the ideas of about the Nusantara Bugala thing. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay, so translating the material, um, translating the ideas into Malay language is one thing. Mm-hmm. But getting people to be interested in these ideas is another, right? Um, mm-hmm. So um, what was the feedback like so far? Do people... Um, are they actually uh, interested in you know reading or conversing or discussing these ideas, mm-hmm. or is it a bit too highbrow or too elite for them? Okay. Um. First of all, uh, since we are getting increased readers, it means that our content has started to gain their attention and quite receive well. And not just that, sometimes our members uh, wrote about things that hyped. Uh, for example, during the BMF issues, um, our member, yeah. Uh, yeah, wrote I you BFM. <laughs> <laughs> the, the BMF, the, the yeah, BMF. sorry, the BMF, Buy the Buy Muslim first, the Buy Muslim first issue when oh, right, it, right, yeah right, when right. it first started out, it, it quite gained a lot of um, support from the Malay community. But our members uh, wrote about it and want to tell people that it was a bad idea this BMF thingy. And then we also talk about... Oh, another thing, I think why our um, writings quite gain attraction is because we wrote things that people do not think of sometimes. For example, we wrote about food panda people, for example, the poverty that people were facing. And also we are putting... uh, Some of our members uh, actually have the ability to write um, fiction, Okay. So there are stories, uh, short stories there. So yeah, that's how. Uh, what's what's the ratio of your readership compared to, say, Patriot? <laughs> of mm. course, we are yeah. did not. I that think much. I want to add up a bit on what Huda was saying. Like, so basically, what in writings there are three main themes that if you write about this thing, it will not fade off, which is uh, nation, bangsa, mm-hmm. sejarah, history, or mm-hmm. religion. Yeah. yeah. If you write about these three things. It, you can get hype basically mm, mm. yeah but the thing is these three things is also been using by the right conservative people mm. and it's been using for years to appeal to them yeah. yeah and to bring up these three things in another perspective is 
quite very hard actually yeah mm. so how are you sort of like facing up to this challenge what strategies do you have how do you how do you sort of like get uh, you know your readers to see maybe there's a different way to sort of like think about this in a much more imaginative way in a way that is actually much more complicated right um, with regard to strategies we do not have uh, any specific strategies to increase our readers except um, our website is not being a uh, I mean, it's not reaching people enough. So what we did is that we changed our platform from website. Uh, to, no, we made additional platform, which is our Facebook page. Okay. So we uploaded our articles there fully instead of just uh, caption. Mm. So it turns out that um, our readers increase after it. So mm. that's the only strategy specifically to to to, to target readers. For, yeah, specific. That is for page, right? But yeah. for writings, what we do is actually we... We explain from a problem actually, yeah, from the problems, and then we bring up the problems, and then we tell what is wrong with the problem itself. Th- that is where we bring our narratives, and of course we get back to the literature itself. Like, do you know about Pak Kado? Mm-hmm. Yeah, a folklore story, right, uh, about Pak Kado and Pak Kado giving his country to a to a king of changing chicken. Uh, land, I think. Land, huh? land. What? Uh, he, land, he gave, land. He gave his land, yeah. right? Uh, from lost. that story, conservative would say that Pak Kado is a stupid man, like. Uh, happy because of the chicken thingy, but in our perspective, it would be that Pakado is a poor people who can't say no when the king wants to change the chicken, right? Mm. So that is how we make things to, for people to see. Like we're bringing up a story and then we make it in different different perspective. Mm. Like the food panda thing, what we made is we try to narrow it down from what does elite means, what does capitalism means. Mm. Yeah, we're going to narrow down of the roots of the problem itself. Yeah, if you see in our uh, articles, basically we don't have specific themes. I mean. The way of um, writings are various yeah. uh, because each of us have our own um, niche and also our own tendencies and inclination. But as long as we stick to the principles of the humanist uh, universal values, then we are good to go with it. Mm-hmm. So that's why you see our topics are quite diverse mm-hmm. and not specific. I mean, not attached to specific mm-hmm. theme. Only. I don't know how familiar are you with you know 1930s sort of like Malay newspapers, mm-hmm. uh, but basically you know newspapers back then. <laughs> are just advertisements and then op-ed pieces, editorials. <laughs> there's, there's hardly any sort of like news in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it kind of feels like uh, uh, your journal is taking on that kind of like spirit again on some level, although maybe your politics might be slightly different. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there is also uh, the need to sort of like find this, that, that, that whole media, right, uh, that, that you're, you're able to sort of like, you know, create a kind of like medium mm-hmm. to sort of like, create a platform for public conversations mm-hmm. about issues that sort of matter to a community and to a society. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, with regard to that, actually it's quite surprising that what we are doing is somehow similar to that. Yeah, the, yeah but I, I don't think that politically <laughs> you are sort of like similar, but I think that as a media form, mm-hmm. it's very interesting that it also harks back to that period. Uh. But at the same time, you have to also remember during the 1930s, you know, uh, of course, we, we all know that the Malay community was marginalized from mm, the uh, colonial sort of like mm-hmm. economic mm-hmm. sort of like system, right? So it became very important sort of like platform to voice out all the yep. sort of social injustices that's yep. been visiting upon a, a particular community. Yep. Um, talking about, yeah, social, social injustice, this is the thing that why we move in this line. Mm. Because when we talk about social injustice, uh, the problem is that the narratives that we have, the mainstream one, first, they don't want to talk about that. Mm. Um, second, even if they talk about social injustices, the idea of social injustice is either uh, will 
bow down to the feudalistic idea mm. or will basically uh, do not want to talk about the elites uh, of the Malay, which is actually caused a lot of problems and also our uh, social injustice. So this is where we came in, actually. And if you see the right-wing uh, conservatives, um, I mean, do not want to talk about social, social injustice caused by the Malay elites. Mm. And also, it's because this, actually. That's why we um, see that our community must know what, why the reason... Uh, their problem happen. It's not because of like oh, it's uh, it's it's fate that we are poor. It's uh, the fate of God that we are actually not being educated enough. For example, right? What was the demographic of your readership? If you don't mind sharing, uh, are they Malay speaking readers only in Klang Valley, or do they come from all over Malaysia? I think for now it's Klang Valley, young Malay uh, centrists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we don't have really much uh, left young Malays. The mm-hmm. one that we have is maybe the one in our groups and from my, our friends, yeah. Uh, and the rest, I think, is more centrist people, mm-hmm. which usually agrees and which usually doesn't, yeah. But largely in Klang Valley still. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, we assume, we are quite because new. the Facebook demography is quite hard to determine. Okay. Yeah. That, that's why we're doing all these record media things because we're trying to make it bigger. and Like, record media did uh, Kecho Festival. Uh, last week uh, and I think there's few from Bera and some from Laka coming in yeah I think it's quite hard if you only focus on the platform on the Facebook platform itself so mm. you have you must make uh, like events programs forums mm. for you to reach uh, this kind of views readers and everything yeah. mm. what got you fired up in the first place I mean uh, I, as I understand it Uda you came from uh, Arabic studies mm-hmm. from back background and uh, Azura, you are from journalism or oh, no, uh, social, uh, social sciences? Uh, science politics, sorry. Ah, political, political science, science. Yeah. right? Yeah. How did you get sort of like? What was your sort of like? You know, moment of awakening, oh. so to speak. Uh, to be honest, I have uh, been following uh, intellectual discourse for quite a few years, mm. uh, for a few years, um, and I've been following Dr. Azhar's discourse, yeah, for a few years already. So the thing is, when I'm involved with the activism, student activism group, I see there is lack of um, intellectual spirit or ideas that can fuel the activism work. So this is where the reading group idea came in. Mm. Yeah, Because even Dr. Azhar himself said to us, um, intellectualism without without activism is hermetic. And activism without intellectualism is narcissist. Mm. So this is why activism and intellectualism must be combined so that we, I mean, we are able to carry forward with our work. Mm-hmm. And not just that, we are getting more enlightened and uh, know our society better. Mm-hmm. This is the most important thing. Mm. You know, when, when we went to Indonesia, when we met the groups, they had actually been trying to do this for the past 15 years. And now we can see the difference. You see, when... Uh, Since what? The reformacy yeah, of 1998? Yeah, of course, there's up and downs for okay. them. Yeah, but they actually did it. But it, it took like 15 years, right? Uh, but there's a very big difference, you know, when, when we did a forum. It's actually just like a drinking coffee things, And they brought like almost 40 to 50 people coming in. And then we were like, you can't even find this in Malaysia. Even if you bring lecturers, doctors, right? And this is quite short because it's just a small coffee discussion, right? It means um, 
So, like, that's what we're trying to do with Jenna Sampula in yeah. moving forward, yeah. Do you talk to your other contemporaries? Uh, because, let's face it, um, as much as the groups are quite diverse here in Malaysia, I think uh, it's also quite small, right? So, do you do you collaborate with other uh, intellectual groups or do you try to move on your own? I think we can see in Record Media uh, Kecho Festival last week, our attempt was that we tried to gather people from diverse groups to collaborate with us and be panellists on our discussion. So it turns out that <laughs> I never thought that this kind of project will... Uh, Will we actually combine with like uh, with sex successful uh, sex uh, groups? I mean, sex education groups. Sex education, yeah, group. and then also from the environmentalists and yeah. uh, from intellectuals, professors, lecturers. Mm. Yeah, so we managed to gather them. So what I can see here is that these people are actually looking for plat. I mean, they are open to platform that give them space to mm. talk about things that normally people will not talk about. Mm-hmm. So um, during our Kecho Fest. Uh, me myself, we talk about uh, religion, mm-hmm. and there was a speech about sex education in Malaysia. Mm-hmm. We talk about uh, anak muda, mahasiswa, anak muda, like students and mahasiswa, groups, yeah. students group. There were also um, forum about uh, the uh, environmental issues. So we gathered activists from diverse group, and actually, for first time, collaboration is. It's quite successful. We actually yeah. bring Siti Kasim in. Yeah. Uh, as we know, she's from Maju, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, some people might say, why is uh, someone bringing progressive humanists bringing Siti Kasim in? But I think Maju is obviously bringing uh, progressive liberal ideas. But mm-hmm. I think it's also quite important. Like, we really need to understand the diverse of progressive uh, groups, yeah. Mm. Although Even, some of them yeah. might be over in liberal is that <laughs> we need to understand them, yeah. Will you in the future consider the possibility of actually doing cross-language collaborations uh, given that, you know, I guess I also have the opportunity to sort of like, you know, uh, slip in and out of different groups and sort of talk to different people Uh uh, from different language backgrounds. And so much of the issues and so much of the battles are similar, right? Mm, Uh, And so much of the concerns, so much of the thinking uh, and so much of the sentiment Mm -hmm. uh, Actually, all of us uh, do we sort of like face this larger sort of like power that we're sort of trying to, you know, uh, contend with or sort of like trying to figure out. Yeah. So how, are there attempts to or are there uh, maybe plans to, you know, do more sort of like cross-language kind of like collaborations mm-hmm. to form larger kinds of like, you know, do alliance building work, right? Across seemingly kind of like very false way mm-hmm. of sort of like dividing the community up according mm-hmm. to languages that we often do in Malaysia. Okay, it's like this. I don't believe that um, speaking in Malay language per se would divide. Oh no, I, I don't. Uh, yeah. that at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let me explain yeah, how speak. how 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 this um, unity things yeah. work. Actually, um, the divide happened due to the ideas that being spread. Mm-hmm. So if we are spreading the ideas of unity in Malay language, um, the idea of appreciating each of every person in our country, regardless of their religion, regardless of their race, um, regardless of the language, actually, it, it can bring the spirit or, uh, and live in that spirit within, I mean, our own community. Mm. So why we are so divided is because we use racial cards. We don't, yeah. it's not about, uh, we talk about different languages Per se, no, it's not because of that, but because we use racial cards. We use uh, wordings of the superior race. So this is what we are trying countering. Mm. 
So, I guess where I was also coming from is actually I'm interested always in mm, translation, right? Yeah. And I'm trying to imagine if we were to sort of like translate, you know, that early 20th century mm. sort of like poem, Samarasa, mm. Samarata, into English, into Mandarin, into Tamil. Into, we should consider that project know, as well. <laughs> and all yeah. of you will be chanting in unison yeah. in spite of the fact it's all in different languages, mm-hmm. but actually the message is the same. Yeah. I mean, it's probably idealistic, yep. but it's a nice sort of like image to think we about. Should the cross, like, idea, yeah. <laughs> we should have an idea, actually. Cross language of like solidarity. Yeah. <laughs> we should we should have. Um, the, I mean, being idealistic is very important yeah. because if we are not being idealistic, of course, we will not come up with this kind of uh, project. Mm. But I think the idea of uh, translating works into English, for example, our classical Malay text, for example, the content, uh, the poems and whatnot, for example, the Usman Awang poems about uh, opposing the uh, racism. Yeah, it's good that if it can be translated and people should, I mean, we should think about it or maybe someone has to take off this project. But mm. yeah, in the long run, might be. Why not, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, what else can we look forward to uh, with regard to both Journal Sang Pumula and uh, Record Media? For Journal Sang Pumula, actually, we are in the midst of uh, finishing our articles for our new upcoming book, uh, which is Nusantara Bergerak Discourse. And for Record Media, I was ask Azura too. Okay. Um, so uh, maybe it's opening for everyone who think they have a progressive humanist ideas, they can actually write English Malay. It's, it's uh, a media platform. Mm-hmm. Or if you want to make videos, if you have any ideas, yeah, you can contact us over Facebook mm. and then we can bring you up. Yeah. Great. Thank you so right. much yeah. for coming and sharing your thank ideas. You so much. Much. Right. Thanks. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Thank you very much. Uh, you just heard from Azra Nasran, Assistant Manager of Record Media and Huda Ramli, founder of Journal Sang Pumula. And they're joined by Simon Soon. And we've been talking about Journal Sang Pumula, Record Media, and I think the Malay intellectual discourse, right, in Malaysia. Share your thoughts with us by tweeting us at BFM Radio. You can send us an email to nightschool at bfm.my. Don't forget to also download the BFM app, which you can get on the Apple App Store and Google Play. Thanks once again, Azura and Huda. Thank you very much. Thank you, everyone. I'm Hanif Baruddin, and you've been listening to Night School on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.